You know, as I was reading through this passage of Scripture this morning, and just uh, more or less remembering over my life, have you ever read a portion of Scripture and it almost, it was almost as if you were put right there in that account? And it almost seemed like God was talking about you at that moment. That's why I tell you, when you read the Bible, make it personal. Make it, make it come to life in you. Read it as if you're there. And uh, some of this is kind of personal to me, but I'm not going to. I don't think I'm going to walk into the personal aspect of it, but as a Christian, when we accept Christ, there is a door of opportunity for us. And Tommy, there's your title. A door of opportunity. I think too many times as Christian people, we, we want God to minister to us on a daily. And, and we want Him to do all the work for us. And it's as if we don't surrender ourselves to do for Him. We, when's the last time you went into prayer ministering to the Father instead of going into prayer asking for a touch. Asking to fulfill a need or praying about your brother and your sister. God fix them. Do it before I do it. Not that that's a bad thing. You keep praying that over. Sean, he'll be fine. But I think so many times in, in our Christian walk, we, we have this tendency to forget about that, of that door of opportunity. And when I was reading this morning in the book of Joshua, chapter 3, we'll start at, I want to start at chapter 1 and read verse 5, and then I'm going to take you to chapter 3, and then we'll read 1 through 5. But I, I wanted you to get an understanding of this whole concept of what's taken place with Joshua at this point in his life because see Joshua has been there he's been there through it all there's a song for that but you don't want me to sing it Joshua chapter 1 verse 5 I know you went fishing I know the waves you probably got water in years you can't hear he's having problems this morning it's okay <laughs> Joshua Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. It says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. This is, what I, this is a highlight. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. That's really the only part of that I wanted you to see was, As I was with Moses, 
so shall I be with you. Chapter 3, 1 through 5. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan, he and the children of Israel, and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priest the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it about 2,000 cubics by measure. This is about a mile. So if you can, if you can gather this, it's, it's, it's about a... Mm. Some of you are so busy looking at this step that you're missing that one. <laughs> You've not gone this way before. Do not come near it that you may not know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. This series is, you have not passed this way before. That's the series, and today is Doors of Opportunity. For tomorrow, somebody say tomorrow. Tomorrow. For tomorrow, are y'all listening to the promises? The Lord will do wonders among you. Before I get started, let me get started. If you keep your eye on him, keep your eye on him. You don't always... Man, it's always bombshells. I don't like them because they take me rabbit trails. You don't always have to feel God. Come on, church. I mean, I know Wednesday was good. But it was just like I was teaching you on Wednesday. If you're always coming expecting the same thing every time, you're going to miss what God has for you. God's saying, keep your eye on me. That the eyes of their understanding be enlightened. Keep your eyes on me. Look for me. Too many times we're running up in behind God and we think that we got to fill him all the time and we're running with our head pressed to his back and if he takes a right turn on us real quick, we're going to fall off a cliff because we're not keeping our eyes on him, we're keeping our emotion on him. That ain't part of the service, so y'all can write that down as a give me. That's a freebie. But he said, keep some space between him and his glory. Watch and see what he'll do so that you can do what the Father does and get results in your life. How many of you need results? Look, I'm, I'm <laughs> man, this thing living on a hope and a prayer, I'm over it. 
I want some results. When we, when we catch up with Joshua here, we're, we're finding that there has been, there's been a change in Israel. Moses has died. The leader for the past 40 years in the desert, the one that they had, they had come to like somewhat, complained about the menu a lot, but they had come to like him a little bit. This manna. But Moses has died, and it was as if God just, God made a shift. See, we don't like the immediates in our life when it's concerning change. We want the immediates on the blessings. I'm going to quit preaching. We just go home right there. We want the immediates on the, we want the suddenlies when it comes to a blessing, when it's something tangible that we can put our hands to, something that makes a difference in our life. But when it comes time for the sudden change that will begin to make a difference in it, we don't like that. That means now we got to do something different. It was as if God was standing there one day talking to Moses. Moses died. He looked at Joshua and said, my servant Moses is dead. Rise up. God didn't put out a different mandate on Joshua. The mandate carried. The baton was passed. Uh Uh-oh. Anybody ran track? Not this morning. I mean, run track. <laughs> when you're running track and you watch the relays, there was a couple marks on the track. One mark was for the runner. The other mark was for the one getting ready to run. When you seen the runner hit this mark, the runner at this mark Boy, if pastors in churches would take heed to this principle, don't ever pass the baton to someone standing still. Dear God in heaven. You, huh? I mean, have y'all ever been to the tribe and see somebody do that? When that runner's coming full speed and trying to hand off that baton, it, it's a fumbling mess. The psalmist would put right here, Selah. Here's Joshua. Joshua's gone through all of this stuff. He's been with Moses the whole way through. Joshua has been full of faith the whole time, trusting that God can do. So much so that he came back and opposed the other ten. Y'all, y'all remember, y'all, 12 spies, they sent 12 spies over to Canaan to spy on Canaan to see what was happening, what was going on, where could they get in, how could this happen, 
Could it be? Could it not be? Whatever. And then they came back. Ten said, we can't do it. There's giants over there. And Joshua said, oh, we can do it. Okay. So Joshua has been believing God this whole time. They were going to a land of promise. See this? Christian people. We all go to the same church. We all see the same things. But we all experience Because it's all based on what you believe. If you don't think it's going to happen, it's a door of opportunity for Joshua. It's a door of opportunity. Oh, well, I did write a couple notes. Let me look at something real quick. If I can read my writing. put something down here and I want to tell you maybe it's not here maybe I wrote it on another piece of paper when I went oh that's good and I kept reading oh yeah oh okay I wrote down we must align ourselves with heaven when prophecy is spoken Joshua had prophecy spoken to him by God. God said in Joshua chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, Joshua was told, yeah. well, I guess in, in the first one, I want to take you back to the first one. If, if you look at the first, in, in, in chapter 1, verse 5, when he told him, so I was with Moses, so will I be with you, okay? Basically, he's, he's telling Joshua, I'm going to be the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm going to do the same. I'm not, I'm not changing my mandate. I'm not changing the anointing. He didn't change it. He just told him, I'll be the same with you as I was with Moses. He gave him a few instructions. We'll talk about the instructions. But the prophecy was there. He said, I'll be the same way with you. If Joshua would have decided not to go, he would have gotten the same thing Moses got. Moses wasn't an opportunist. He was that people pleaser. I ain't going to say that to him. He was a good guy. He had a lot of pressure. But now that Joshua's heard from God that I'll be the same with you as I was with Moses, there was a spark. There was something there. Joshua decided that he was going to align himself with God. How do we do that? We put our faith to the word. You've got to put your actions to what you believe. Joshua put his feet 
in motion. Then we flipped to chapter 3 and we started going through 1 through 5. This is, I'm going to give you a couple, of different, a couple of different instructions that God giving and what some of these instructions might even mean to you right now. Y'all ready? All right, this might not be a preach this morning. Just relax. Let God have his way, okay? Quit expecting the pastor to run pews. Debbie told me I got to stop. The first thing that Joshua done, he rose early. They set out from the Acacia Grove because before this, he said that you got you to gotta get up and you got to go. Okay, you got to come out from where you are. Understanding what the Acacia Grove is will spread a little bit of light on what God's telling you. Y'all do know that the Bible is written in types and foreshadows, right? There's spiritual significance Acacia Grove was known because of its acacia trees. The Hebrew, the, the translative in the, in the Hebrew was the Shittim Grove. With this grove, with all of these trees, God's telling him that you've got to come out of there. How many of you ever been in the woods and you get into some thick woods? When you get into thick woods, you ain't going to see but so far, right? What happens with woods? Why, why do people even go to tree or go to forest, go to the woods? They, they go to hide. They go for protection. Okay? Well, God is saying, look, you need to come out from your own protection. You need to come out from your hiding God is, trying to, God is trying to illuminate your identity. You can't see who you are when you're in hiding all the time. Because what forces you into hiding is your lack. What forces you into hiding is the lack of seeing. Being, being unable to identify yourself with who God called you to be. And you go, well, God, I can't. And God, I, and God, and God, and God. Too many times we walk on, we base our life or we base, we base our, our, our uh, we base the unsuccessful seasons off of our lack. Because this, we can't do but so much because I only have this much. We won't do the extreme because we have a lack in we won't step out and do what God's called us because we say, well, we can't. Well, I'm not that guy, and I'm not cut out for that, and I can't do this, and I can't do that. And we basically live our lives off of what we don't have. And what God is trying to tell us is that we can't stay. We can't live in, in what we have. We have to move in what we don't. Or let me back that up. I'm sorry. Not what we don't have. Quit living like what, with what you don't have. And start putting the action to what you don't or what you do have. I'll, I'll reverse that on you. Sorry. I got about 115 notes right now. So stop living based on what you don't and start living on what you do. You've got enough. Your call was based on your identity. God had already knew who you were. 
God already knew what you were capable of when he created you. That's why he put the mandate on you. Because you're able to walk that out. If only, if only you'll come out of the Acacia Grove. If you'll get to the point where you can begin to see what it is that God wants you to see in who you are. The Israelites, man, they've been walking for 40 years not even knowing that they were free. And that's what a lot of Christians do. We'll live our whole, not that we won't go to heaven, but we'll live our whole Christian life in bondage. And you could be so much more. You could experience so much more. But because you decide to stay in the Acacia Grove, they were there for a while. Y'all know the Israelites stayed in the Acacia Grove for a while. They were there long enough that they were actually enticed. <laughs> the men, they were enticed with idolatry, sexual immorality. Come on, they, they, started, they started having relations with the Moabite women. God killed some like 24,000. Because they was doing that. I mean smoke like 24,000 men from Israel because they was playing around with women they ain't supposed to be playing around with. You better ask God who you're playing with. You better make sure it's right. This was also, this was the last place. Oh, this is a good point. This was, this was the last speech from Moses was given in the Acacia Grove. It was the last blessing. The last blessing of Moses. Some of you are still living in your last blessing instead of living in tomorrow's promise. The hope of tomorrow has diminished because you're still living in the past blessing. Y'all know blessings are temporary. Even blessings that come from God are temporal. They're not forever. They're temporary. And we will stay there. And if we're not careful, the, the Israelites has already shown, they stayed there for so long, they begin to intermingle with everything else around them. You become callous to what you were called to. You go, you went to, you go to church every Sunday, but now you're callous. You don't even get involved anymore. Now you start playing with your other desires. They start wreaking a havoc on your life because you're hung up in acacia. And God's telling them, look, there's a door of opportunity, but you're going to have to come this way. He gave them a word. Now he's given direct. We've got to put our actions to what we believe. Too many times we sit. We sit without motion and we blame God for the outcome. Y'all with me? He said, get up from your place 
get up from your place. Be courageous enough to act on what you believe. Get up from your place. You're still sitting in the same place you were three years ago. And you're asking God, why ain't nothing changing? What have you done? Have you, you sat in the same place long enough. I, how many of you take the same, well, for those of you that work, not the retired folk, but if you've got to drive to work, how many of you drive the same way to work every day? How many of you ever, have ever driven, got to work, and didn't even realize that you'd gotten there, didn't even know? I don't even remember passing Kroger. I was hoping to stop. And I, you just, you go. You because you're doing so much repetition. You don't even have to think about it. So Sunday morning, some of you are still in repetition. You know Sunday morning is church. You know you're going to get up, you get dressed, you go to church, you go home, and you don't even remember being at church. Come on, Christian. Don't even have nothing to talk about all week because you don't even know. Get up from where you are. You want to cross over? Get okay. I got it. Okay. 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 You ever seen him? Okay. Okay. If you had to live up here, you wouldn't laugh at me. <laughs> the promised land isn't heaven. Everybody wants to put the promised land as heaven. Pastor, okay, I'm coming. Hang on. Let me ask you a question. You think when you get to heaven, you're going to have to fight giants? Come on, church. Huh? You with me already, ain't you? you all... Wow, I never thought of that. I always thought the promising. Yeah, do you think you're going to have to fight battles in heaven? Come on, church. Heaven's easy to get to. All you got to do is die. You be saved, die. That's how easy it is to get to heaven. You don't have to take anything. You don't have to go and fight for it. Now, listen. <laughs> Told y'all I was going to push you. <laughs> Do I? <laughs> Do I? She says, go for it. She said, go. (laughs) 
if I need to separate, or if, if, if you'll allow me to separate this, and we can separate it in two parts, wilderness and promised land. Wilderness living would be more, it would be much more closer to be in heaven than the promised land would be. How do I say that? Because the wilderness is not a bad place to live. We think it is, but let's, let's rethink it. It was a place of miracles. Every day. Every day you experience the hand of God. He give you water. He give you food. He maintained your clothes. Boy, God, why did you stop? That's my problem. I'm, can I talk to him for a minute? There's a problem I have. My wife wouldn't buy as many shoes if you would have kept her shoes like you kept their sandals. Their sandals didn't wear out. Come on, men. Y'all ought to have been jumping up, celebrating and going, yeah, daddy, why? That was good living, man. God done everything for you in the wilderness. He handed it to you. The promised land is a door of opportunity to move into something else. If I had to put a tag on the promised land, it would be a tag on the kingdom. Not heaven, but the kingdom. A lot of us think that the kingdom of God is heaven. That's where you leave it. That's why we don't experience anything deeper than what we experience. Because we believe that heaven is it. And Jesus is sitting here telling us to seek the kingdom first. He came to give that which was lost. He, <laughs> last time I checked, he didn't create a that. He created a who. The scripture says, that which was lost. Not who which was lost. He came that we would have an open opportunity to the kingdom. That's why he said, seek the kingdom. If we get inside the kingdom, man, we've got the principles to align ourselves up with heaven, and the windows of heaven will open up over our head. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. But we, we got hung up because we've been taught wilderness bad, promised land good. How about wilderness heaven, promised land kingdom? You can live in the wilderness heat. He done it. He kept everybody on their feet. The bellies was full. He took care of them. Give them shelter. Give them heat. I mean, come on, church. He done everything. He said, okay, now, see, oh, it's like Paul. Paul. Paul talks about it, too, being hung on the milk. See, the Old Testament is just a foreshadow of. I'm glad you asked Jesus into your life. Welcome 
to the fold. Now he's got something for you. There's a door of opportunity. But now, because see, you can't live like you used to live. You can't, when I was a child, I thought as a child. Well, there's a time in your Christian walk that you need to put away childish things. And you begin walking out of where you are, coming out of the acacia grove, understanding who you are, being revealed your identity, and having the courage to step out in what he's called you to go into. But we're hung up in the wilderness life. See, when, he went, when they went over to the promised land, dude, they had to fight for it. That was, that, was a, that was a promise of sowing and reaping. Oh, it wasn't that he wasn't going to give, and it's not that everything stopped. The difference now is you've got to put your hand to the plow. Come on, somebody. If it... I better leave that alone. Let's go to something else. Get off my soapbox. And I've already talked about this, though. He, he talks about keeping the cubits between them and keeping their eye on the ark. Don't be looking at everything else. Don't, don't get hung up on Wednesday. It may or may not ever happen again. Why do you want to live in the wilderness? It's not that the wilderness is a bad place. But why do you want to live there when the door of opportunity is to go into something more? You'll never experience all of God while you're here. But I would hate to think that I would die knowing that I didn't even try. Amen. You should want different every day. He promised. He promised. Man, there's hope for tomorrow. He said tomorrow... We're hung up in today, living in yesterday. We still hung up on bad divorces. We still hung up on children going crazy. We still hung up on our spouses going nuts. Still hung up on dogs. Some of them ain't even ours. We ought to be, man, we ought to be so excited in the hope of tomorrow. Y'all do know you serve a God who is able to do exceedingly and above all. All. I've done a, I've done a deep Greek. Deep Greek. This is all in Greek. Everything. 
anything that you could ever hope, dream. Well, he got his hands full with me. I maybe, maybe that's why y'all are the way you are, because he's got his hands full with me. He didn't give you an imagination to hope and dream like I do. Oh, I'm asking for a lot. A bunch. I'm asking for stuff I don't qualify for. Because I serve a God that's able. <laughs> don't wait on Wednesday. Sanctify yourself. Consecrate yourself. The better, better wording for this is, is dedicate yourself. Not only, not only by mouth, not, not only to say, hey God, I give you what I am, or God, I'll serve you. He's saying to dedicate yourself with the proof of your living. If there's no, <laughs> if there ain't no fruit on your tree, you're not living in the wilderness no more. Not if you're coming here. Told y'all, I was just crazy enough to believe him. And there's a door of opportunity. And I'm going. Now, you get to choose whether or not you go or not. Don't you dare blame God if you decide to stand on the banks of the Jordan. your fault it ain't his it ain't him you, if you're thirsty and I put a glass of water in front you leave my house thirsty it's not my fault it's yours most likely I don't wait on your hand and foot either but if you come to my house you got to do it yourself did you say true Proper conduct. It's part of consecration. How did Jesus put this? He said, by, by this, they'll know who you are. It's by this they'll identify you. How is that? How you love one another. 
That's consecration. Can you love the one that doesn't meet your standard? I'm not talking about this. I'm not talking about this Christian love that y'all want to sprinkle around. Love you. Glad they didn't come over here. I'll be praying for you as they're pulling out of the parking lot. Hey, what's for lunch? Proper conduct. What's proper conduct, Pastor? Get in prayer. Man, do y'all know how liberating it is to live by his convictions and not expectations of other people? I'd rather him convict me than you put something. Well, Pastor, I thought you was. That's a problem. You thought. <laughs> I wasn't created. For your expectations. This goes right in line with Wednesday. Because there's doors of opportunity for you. And there's things that you can experience in this, in this life. If we'll pay attention to God and keep our eyes on Him. Don't keep your eyes on pastor. Okay? I, well... Well, Pastor, I, know I already heard this too. I heard it. Well, Paul said, watch me as I serve God. Stop. I ain't Paul. Don't watch me. <laughs> Keep your eyes on God. And, I'm, and listen, I'm not going to let... I'm not going to let this house, I'm not going to let this season at this moment, I'm not going to let this season be disrupted by weird spirituals, okay? We're not going to do that. We just ain't going to do that. Somebody catches you at the door and trying to anoint you on the parking lot before you get out your car because your feet's getting ready to hit holy ground, come and see me. Because we're going to anoint them with water until the bubbles stop. It, it, it doesn't, experiencing God doesn't have to get weird. It just doesn't. There's a freedom of expression, and I'm all for that. By what? Not a tripter. I'm all... Sometimes you just got to, sometimes you just got throw a shoe or something. Sometimes you just, you don't even know what, you don't even know how to express. See, that is why, look, this is why some people, this is why some people will laugh and cry and shout and sing and bow and stand and dance and run and sit and cross and quiet. Because you don't know how to handle the Holy Spirit. I'm talking for all of us. I ain't just preaching at you. I'm preaching to us. We don't know how to handle the Holy Spirit. 
When he comes in, it's just, it's our expression. <laughs> Every once in a while, I might jump. I don't jump much, too fat. But we don't know how to handle him. That's why we do what we do. I just don't want us to get crazy in our head. I want, us, I, want us to be, I want us to be reverent. Now, that doesn't mean coming in with skirts down to your ankles and ties and got the blood pressure cut off to your head because your ties so tight. I ain't talking about none of that. I just don't want us to get crazy. I, I want us to be reverence to his spirit, to his presence. I want us to be able to recognize that God is doing something. Sometimes it don't take us. Sometimes it demands us. Other times it don't take us. And I pray that if you try to interfere with what God's doing in somebody's life, Holy Spirit will trip you. I'm just going to assume you fell out in the spirit. I'm going to go, well, glory to God. He might just say, put your foot on the head, keep them down there. He might not, though. He might not. Man, are y'all with me, man? I, look, I so want for us to come out of the wilderness. They experienced a lot in Acacia Grove. I mean, they re, remember Baal, the prophet Baal, or the seer, whatever you want to call him. And they was trying to get him to put a bad word on the Israelites, and he said, Mm-mm. can't curse what God's blessed. Amen. So there, there's some good things that happen. Man, are they eating all the time? I don't know if I wanted to go on the other side because over there I got to work for the eat. <laughs> over here I just enjoy everybody else's labor over there. Oh, some of you riding a skirt tail. Dawn's praying on Tuesday. Maybe she'll lift me up. Maybe she won't. I ain't saying that in a bad way. Maybe your name just went out her head one night. Maybe. I don't know. Anything can happen. But if we are relying, it's just like you relying on the pastor. Look, if this is the only food you got all week, see, some of you can't do without a candy bar for three hours, much less food for all week. Huh? Because I'm... I got to eat. Just don't get hung up in the wilderness. There's a door of opportunity for you to experience God in a way that you've never experienced Him before. You've not passed this way before. But now you kind of understand, hopefully, what it takes to get there. You're going to have to come out. Oh, can I pick on her? 
She said, uh-huh. She thought I was talking about you, and I was talking about her, and she was quick to say, uh-huh, you can pick on her. Sometimes God's going to pull you out of the acacia grove. Right? See, you better be careful up in here, boy. You haven't gone this way before. You used to a pastor. That's another reason I'm not going to stand behind that no more. And you're not allowed to preach behind that or teach behind that. I'm pulling it out of here. You can lay your Bible right here on this table. We don't need symbolism to project authority. You better hear me, church. Here, I hurt somebody's feelings. You got yours on? Good. You won't be mad at me. They all still get lunch. We wear our crosses, man, and think we're good. Just because you got the cross on don't mean you're a child of a king. just means you got a necklace on. Uh-oh. I know them little what, chartreuse. Is that what's on the back of the card? Little fish. And just because you got the fish on the back of your car. Look, I don't believe no. I don't believe none of that stuff. I'm just telling you. You can't even tell me that you're a Christian. I believe you now. Nope. You tell me you're a Christian. The first thing I'm doing is I'm looking for the fruit. And I'm seeing fruit. I'm seeing fruit now that's being displayed from Christians. I'm going to speak out against it because I don't care. I'm sick of hatred. I'm sick of racism. I'm sick of all the... Okay, I'll say baloney. I'm just sick of it. If you're a child of the king, shut your mouth and pray. Putting your garbage out on Facebook and this person deserves that and that person should go here and this person should. Boy, if we all had to live based on everyone's expectation of the punishment we deserve when we do wrong. Come on, you're not angels. You wasn't sent from heaven. You ain't, you, well, you were sent from you. You know what I'm talking about. You ain't got wings and halos. We've all done some garbage in our life, and none of you are perfect. We deserve hell and death. That's what we deserve. But Christian people, going to church, get my praise on, get some Jesus while you're there. I said it again. I don't. I don't care anymore. Church ain't a show for you. Ain't none of us perfect. We've all done some jacked up stuff in our life. And I dare to say half of us, and probably all of us, has experienced racism somewhere in our life. You want to know why I say that? Because that's the enemy tactic. Love's division. Y'all remember a few weeks ago, maybe, maybe a month or so ago, maybe, I said you got to start making decisions against yourself. It's not the thought that comes to your mind that's the sin. It's the action on it. 
walk into a room because this is a crowd of one color. That's a crowd. You won't sit over there. I pray next time you do that, there's a pen in the seat that somebody left. Not a writing pen, a stick pen. So you said, and I hope it's one of them big crochet needles. So when it hits, baby, you know it. I mean, that's, look, y'all glad I ain't God. That's the way I think God ought to do me sometime. God, instead of letting me walk in stupidity, you grab me and pull me out of it, jerk me out of it. He said, no, that's the way it works. Choose this day who you'll serve. You decide. I give you a mind, make it up. Door of opportunity. Man, we can get better or we can stay the same. What you want to do? I'm, I'm going to try to get better. That means I'm going to start making decisions against myself. When I want to smack somebody, I just won't smack you. If I, if I hug you like this, that means I wanted to smack you. I'm joking. <laughs> Y'all can see me come up there and go, just don't hug me. <laughs> Y'all with me? Do you, do you understand? I mean, God's got something for us. And I'm not talking just about one. I'm talking about for his people. My God, I wish that all the pastors would figure something out. That we could be united again. Instead of one pastor speaking against this one and one pastor speaking against that one and, and cussing out your, your, your governors and your presidents and your, your senators. and Where does that say that in there? Doesn't matter to me if you like them or not. Are some of them great? Yeah. And I probably called a couple of them idiots myself. I'll just say they're ignorant. It's probably a better word. Because they can fix their ignorance if they put their nose in the Bible. But enough's enough. Get unified. Y'all see what happens with unity? Are y'all listening to me? Because there's something that has changed. It, there, there, I believe that was the other mandate. Joshua, Moses is dead. I mean, when I read it and it said, I mean, saying talking to Moses, my servant Moses is dead. And I just seen him just, he didn't, didn't matter no more. He knew where he was going. He knew where he was going to end up. There wasn't, there was, there's an agenda on the earth that was released when Jesus came. And that agenda lives in you and I. But we are going to have to start plowing now. We are going to have to start planting now. We are going to have to start living holy now. We need to start being set apart 
People should look at you and call you peculiar. I'd rather they call me peculiar than Christian. Because, well, because I'm crazy. Tonight, what, or today ain't Wednesday, so don't get all jacked up and juiced up and 